Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Deidre. Marinelli. She works at a fashion magazine and is also the co-founder of Empathy Brand Incorporated. How are you doing today, Deidre? I'm doing awesome. Thank you, Brad. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey with us and for being part of the Empowerography community. I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love what you're doing. I love this. I love this community and um, I love your podcast. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. So let's jump right in. Deidre, you are currently working at a fashion magazine in the world of media and marketing and have been for over 25 years. What excites and inspires you most about working in the world of media? Oh gosh, yes. The media world, it's, it's fascinating. It's really how I feel working in media is I feel like I'm behind the scenes every day. So, you know, growing up, I would look at these big brands and I was always gravitated to advertising, marketing, and how they come up with their slogans and their strategies and now being in it and behind the scenes working on a daily basis with these brands and understanding what makes them tick and their objectives. It's, it's fascinating. It's always changing. There's obviously different things to tackle every day, but you really, it's really the connections you make and the, you know, how, how your relationships are with your clients and how you help them and achieve between the two of you you know, make the brand a better thing, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get your start in the world of marketing and media? So in high school, I used to work for a private golf course and I used to handle all the tournaments, which was, uh, which was fun, but I ended up meeting a lot of people in that industry, a lot of people in marketing, a lot of people in advertising, and I found it intriguing. That's kind of what opened up my eyes to that industry. And I was raised in a fairly small town, but this golf course brought, you know, people from all over. It was a beautiful golf course. And so I met some really interesting people. And that was kind of the first thing that intrigued me chatting with these people. So I thought, "Mm, I'm pretty interested in this. And then I did some research to see, you know, what what schools offered it. Mm -hmm. And there wasn't a lot like back and I'm not going to date myself, but it was quite a few (laughs) years ago. (laughs) There was really only a couple of schools offering it. So I went to Humber, which was one of the few schools that offered it. And it was only a second year program. So I dove in and didn't look back. It was, it was, I mean, I loved every course. I loved every prof. There was also a placement period at the end, which was really cool. That's helpful for sure. Yeah, you got like, you know, hands-on experience to figure out, is this really what I want to do the rest of the day? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So what exactly do you do in your job at the fashion magazine? So it's, 
Primarily, I work in the luxury space with fashion okay. magazine. I do work on quite a few other properties within our portfolio, like Toronto Life and McLean's and Today's Parent and Hello Magazine. But primarily, I do focus on fashion and I primarily work in the luxury space. So, you know, I work with my clients that I've known for, you know, 15, 17 years, and I work with them on a daily basis and strategize with them, come up with plans, negotiate, which was a, one of my favorite things. I love negotiating. I love <laughs> you know, putting together their plans for them. And it's also, you know, the whole event space. And it's, there's so many different avenues to media and advertising that, you know, like I'd mentioned before, there's never a dull moment. And, you know, that's pretty much what I do on an ongoing basis, but it's really about the relationship and the partnership and really understanding their brand and really doing what it takes to help them move the needle, especially in this COVID space. Like that's really brought our relationships to a whole new level, because as you know, it's impacted everybody, including the luxury space. So it's really deepened our relationships. And, you know, you have to get super creative with ways that you can help them move the needle and different things that they can consider. And, you know, trying to do things because everybody wants something that's never been done before, obviously, right? So it's, yeah. it's a lot of creativity, a lot of connection, which is great. You know, really, you can pretty much do anything, which is amazing. Like you can take any opportunities, any ideas to the clients and it's just great having that direct impact with the brand and helping them make a difference, which is awesome. What would you say is your favorite part of your job? I would say the connection. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because one of my nicknames is the connector. And, um, <laughs> it's, you know, I really value my relationships with my clients and understanding their brands. And obviously there's the whole, like what everybody thinks that advertising and marketing is, is the whole, you know, the posh part of it, which is all the amazing events and whatnot. And those are, those are great too, because you really get to experience the brand firsthand. But I would say it's, it's really the connection and the development and working closely with these, with these amazing, amazing people that run these brands. Now I read that you had said that you had a great role model growing up in your mother, which helped you in the raising of your own daughter but you also received a very serious wake up call. Can you talk to us a bit about that wake up call? Yeah. So in my mid to late thirties, I had a pretty, you know, I don't want to say privileged, but you know, I I didn't really have any major issues growing up. Like it was, you know what, we obviously had our own childhood things and high school things and whatnot, but you know, my mid thirties, late thirties, I, um, I was married and I experienced something within myself that I've, that I've never experienced before. And I needed to get out of the marriage I was in. And I had a three-year-old daughter at the time. I needed to do that in to protect myself as well as my, my daughter. I just knew it was the right thing to do. So first of all, it was having the courage to act on that. That's a massive decision. And then secondly, after acting on it, I didn't realize how difficult and toxic things could get because I was never exposed to that. So it was a really, really, really ugly divorce. And I really had to dive deep to get through that. So, you know, it was a daily thing. It was um, something I've never experienced before. It was the stress level. It was all of it. I've never had to deal with anything like that before. So basically, you know, I really had to get to know myself and understand what I needed to do to get through this because there was no option. I had to get through this for my daughter. There was just so many different emotions and different things that I went through that I had never experienced before. So the reason why I referenced my mom is because, you know, I saw her I was as I was growing up she raised the three of us I have a brother and a sister and there was just no option she just plowed straight ahead and she did it out of love and she took care of us and we didn't want for anything and she you know obviously she had her tough days but 
you know, she is my superhero and the resilience that I learned just from watching her growing up. And I didn't know what at the time, because you don't understand it until you're actually in a similar situation or a situation where you have to dive deep without, you know, falling off the cliff, because that's how you feel. So you're, you know, you really have to rely on many things. And one for me was, was the strength from what I was just, how I was raised, which was super helpful. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing that you had that role model. Yes. How would you say these experiences have helped shape the Deirdre you are today? Well, I was very naive up until that point. So obviously I had some tough days, but nothing at that level. So, you know, that taught me a lot and it it actually taught me to be aware of what other people are going through. That was a big thing. And then just really having compassion and understanding that, you know, you have to enjoy every day. You never know what's going to happen. Things can go sideways at any given point in your life, whether it's health related, whether it's relationship related, and you really have to determine who you are as a person and how you're, you know, how you're going to get through those tough days and how you're going to live each day to the fullest, like really appreciate what it is that you have and focus on the positives. Now, you've said that you had to learn to manage stress and tap into your personal resilience to find balance in your mind and emotions. And that doesn't define you, but has contributed to your personal growth. How have you learned to manage these things? Or how did you learn to manage these things? Yeah, so I kind of tapped into myself and thought, okay, you know what, I have to figure out my balance here. I have to figure out what it is I need. What's what's the soul food I need to be the best Deidre I can possibly be in every role of my life? And I discovered pretty quickly that it was, it was basically a, my magic formula was, you know, my daily power hour is what I call it. So okay. you know, I wake up every morning at five 30 and there's a list of things that I do. And it's, you know, just to give you an example, I there write is. three things that I'm grateful for mm-hmm. three things that would make today a great day so that I'm aware it's the intention that you're setting one daily affirmation. So it's whether I'm feeling, you know, whatever it is that day, you know, it's, it's, you know, it may be if it's a confidence thing or if it's, you know, anything like that, some sort of an affirmation. And I often write it on a sticky note throughout the day. So I keep it, my affirmation, I keep it so that it's visible throughout the entire day. So it's constantly going through my mind. I also write down one thing that I can let go of. Mm -hmm that day. So whatever's on my mind or if something I'm, I'm having, you know, any sort of disturbance or anything like that, I'm, I'm fully aware of it. And I'm making a conscious decision to let go of that, whether it's an emotion or whatever it is. And then one thing that I will focus on that day. So that's kind of like the things that I write, it's kind of journaling. And okay. then I also meditate and I find stillness for 20 minutes. So it could be outside, it could be at the beach. I live like a few minutes from the beach. So often I go down water is I resonate with water. So it's a, it's a great place for me to, to meditate. And then I exercise. So that's kind of my formula. I need movement. I need, you know, kind of like body, mind. And then I, the big person I'm writing things down in gratitude, I would have to say has been my biggest game changer. Because it's just being present and understanding what you're grateful for that day. Because it's easy to always want, 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 and for sure. everything that you have. So that that's been a big piece of the puzzle for me. Those are great practices. I love that getting into the routine and and just practicing it every day. I mean, didn't did it take you a while to get steadily into that routine and keep it up? Like, was it hard to do that yeah. at the beginning? 
you know what? It, it's, it's funny. Cause at the beginning I was like, okay, I wrote three things I was grateful for yesterday. Like what I just, I felt like I was repeating the same things. Right. Like, until <laughs> you actually go through the practice and really start to understand what gratitude truly is. Like you seem to always say the same things like, Oh, I'm grateful for my health. Yeah. Oh, I'm grateful that I can work out today. Oh, I'm grateful for my daughter. But it's like, going deeper than that right so it's like learning that and you know at the beginning you also think okay well I'm just going to get through this but it's really being present and getting the most you can out of it so yeah it's you know a few times I fell off the wagon and then I just put myself right back on and then once you start to see the effects of it it's like I can't live without it now like I feel like if I had to start my day without that I feel like I'd be set up for failure, which is crazy, but I feel like it's a really important part of my day. And sometimes if I don't have, like, sometimes I take an hour and a half, sometimes I take an hour. It just really depends on, on what I need. If I'm struggling on something or feel like, you know, I need it, you know, when the weather's nicer, I go for a run after all of it. Like it, it just, it kind of changes daily, but that's kind of my anchor that I make sure that I kind of hit every day. And it's now become a part of me now. Yeah, it would just be ingrained into you that it's just natural. It's just daily routine. You just do it because it's just part of every day. It's so ingrained in you. Right, exactly. Yeah. And if, if for some reason I sleep in one day, I am like completely like derailed. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> it's 7 o'clock. So how, how do you deal with things like that? How if Because I mean, we're human, it's going to happen. So how do you deal with that when that happens? Yeah, usually I go right into it. Like I get up and I go into meditation. I just okay. spill the mind because it, I'm in, I, I don't want to say panic mode. That's, that's a bit of a, um, an aggressive word for that. But it, it's like when you wake up late for work or your interview or something like that, it's like a panic, right? You're like, yeah. oh my God. So I, I usually just go right to stillness. Like I just, you know, get up. I usually make a coffee. That's an important part of it. I love <laughs> coffee. So I do all this with a coffee in hand, of course. <laughs> but that's usually what I go to is, is just stillness. And then from there, I kind of see, do I have time to do this? Do I have time to do that? You know, sometimes I'll take my lunch hour and I'll do exercise or I'll do yeah. I'll take in my gratitude journal. It just depends on my day and what I need. But I usually find other pockets to fill it in if I can. That's got to be tough, though, to go from panic mode and do a 180 right into stillness. It is. It takes practice. And I'm still not an expert at it. Like, I'm still learning. I still read tons of books. I still, you know, tap into lots of, you know, I'm always learning. It's like, because your emotions are such a massive mountain, right? It's like, and all these different factors that come into your life play on it. So as much as you say, yep, I'm waking every every day at, at 530 and I'm doing this, that, and this. In an ideal world, that's great, but you've got to be flexible. And I guess that's part of life, right? Yeah, for sure. I also read that you love being involved in charity work. Can you talk a bit about some of the charity work you do and have done? Yeah, I guess this started at a fairly young age with my mom. We were heavily involved in in the church growing up. And, you know, my mom just always, always involved us. So whether it was cooking for you know, people in the church or, you know, the people that, that needed it or like prayer hour or whatever it is that we could help communities with. So it wasn't necessarily, oh, I'm working for this charity specific name. It was whatever the community needed. So that's how I kind of grew up, you know, and if we needed to, we would take people in, we would just be there for whatever was needed within the community. And I guess that's just how I was raised. So it's, that's just how I've always operated. So 
you know, I've done a lot of uh, being in, in media, I've done a lot of fundraisers. I'm heavily involved in lots of different fundraisers or contributing to events that help raise money. You know, I'll get into empathy a little bit later, but, you know, finding needs that are needed in the in, in different communities. It's just always being involved. So it's, you know, throughout my entire life, I've just always tapped into and been very aware of community needs. And that could be celebration or it could be something where, you know, they, they physically need something, whether it's clothing or whether it's money or, or whatever it is. So it's just something that I've, it's kind of soul food for me. It's a piece of me that helps me feel human. It's that human connection and understanding what people need around you, or it could be your neighbor. True. Like it doesn't have to be this massive corporation. I mean, obviously it's great if we can tap into some of those that we yeah. believe and are passionate about, but it's, it's really taking care of your neighbor as well, you know? Well, again, this is this is something else. It's just ingrained into you because you started doing it at such a young age and it's been part of your life. So it just becomes part of your DNA, part of who you are. Right, exactly. Yeah. You and your BFF started a beauty and wellness brand called Empathy Brand Incorporated. How long ago did you start the company? So we actually launched it last September in okay. the middle of COVID. But yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But we started working on it three years before that. So I guess that would have been, uh, what, 2018, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, we'd been working on it. Little did we know that, you know, it would all kind of come together during um, a global pandemic, but yeah. So, but the the good thing was that that our strategy for the business was always e-com. It was always e-com based. That was a launch. So thankfully, you know, that definitely worked in our favor. Yes, for sure. COVID, that's really the only way that you could actually do business, unfortunately, is through e-com. So thankfully, you know, that was our strategy. And, and, you know, it really gave us an opportunity to grow organically, you know. Yeah, everything worked out as it was supposed to. I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell us a bit about Empathy Brand Incorporated, what it's all about? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So Empathy Brand is a wellness and beauty product. So we started, I'll give you a little bit of history here. So my girlfriend and I, which is my partner, she was my BFF for 15 years. And Mm -hmm. um, we noticed that there was a void in the community, especially the underdeveloped community. So anybody below the poverty line did not have access to personal care items. We need the simple things as soap, deodorant, things like that. And it's for the dignity purposes. It's like basic human needs, you know, and we, we found that there just wasn't a sustainable supply of any of those products for these communities that are, that were in need. So we dug a little further and we couldn't really, the only way to really solve it, we felt was, you know what, like we talked to a couple different companies and whatnot, and we thought, you know what, Let's create our own. So let's create, her and I have been in the beauty industry. We were beauty junkies within my fashion magazine space. You know, I've been, I've been involved in fashion and beauty for years. She's also a beauty junkie. So it was, you know, something we were always passionate about. Like we would get together and chat about beauty products and try and in the scents and things like that. So it was something we were always passionate about. And then when we, you know, found this void We were very passionate about it because of our passion for beauty and for our passion for just the basic needs of human. And we thought, you know what, let's develop, let's create a company. Why not? Let's create a brand that, you know, a luxury level brand that is clean, that is, you know, has a purpose back to the community. So basically what it is for every $50 you spend on empathy products, we donate two of our three-in-one soaps 
to communities in need so that we work with a charity called Brands for Canada and they distribute the soaps to schools, to any sort of community that's in need of it. So that's kind of who we distribute product through, which is great because they've been around for years. They're a credible charity. And yeah, so that that's why we decided to do empathy. And it's been phenomenal. And because of the whole wellness umbrella right now, and because really wellness is such an important thing right now. For and sure. Subject, mental, physical. Yeah. We decided to create some wellness products as well. So it's, you know, we launched with like 15, 18 SKUs, which was, you know, very ambitious. Yeah. But uh, it's been great because it's really our, our purpose is to take care of our communities. And, you know, we really wanted to, we wanted to tackle that and we wanted to help fill that void. I love it. I think it's incredible. How did you come up with the name? Funny because it's really about taking care of communities and it's really about putting yourself in people's shoes that don't have access to something that we take for granted on a daily basis. So we really feel that, you know, if you sit back and think, okay, you know, the basic care items I use on a daily basis, there's many people, our neighbors, many people that don't have access to that. And the true definition of empathy is putting yourself in someone else's shoes and understanding, yeah. you know? So we felt that, you know, it just captured everything. It, it, it was a perfect name. It's crazy to think that there are so many people out there who don't have access. Like you said, they're the things that we so often take for granted, Oh yeah, like soap and toothpaste. And it's mind boggling. I know it's, it's, and you don't really like, you know, you think because, you know, there's many avenues where there's fulfillment for food, you know, through the food banks, never yeah. enough, but, but people are tackling that need yeah. as, as well as, you know, clothing and it's top of mind for people. They're like, Oh, where can I donate food? Or, you That's know, right. where can I recycle these clothes or what can I do? Or, you know, who can I give these to? But, you know, nobody really thinks about just the basic things that we need as a human dignity on a daily basis. So yeah. And it's also like having the quality of it, right? We want to donate products that are good quality, that don't have chemicals. You know, everybody deserves good products. For sure. 100%. Yeah. Where do you see Empathy Brand Incorporated in the next five years, Deidre? Where do you want to see it? Where do you want to take it? I mean, we want to take this global. We we want to fill this void. I mean, we started in Canada yep. right now just because this is our home and this yeah. is where the need is right now. And this is what, you know, our priority is that... You know, we want to expand and take this global because there's a global need. Yeah, for sure. uh, You know, we want to spread empathy. Our whole mission is really taking care of the community. So it's we want to be able to do this on, you know, on on a worldwide level as opposed to just Canada. And we, you know, we'll get there. But that's our that's our dream for empathy. I love it. How easy or difficult was it to get the charity on board that helps you distribute? Like how, what was that process like for you guys? You know what? They're such an amazing charity for so many reasons. I mean, I could talk an hour on, on that. (laughs) Um, We had a connection at that charity. And so we were also aware that, you know, you know, they had minimal products available in that space. So we were also aware through the charity, this charity does, you know, brands for Canada, they primarily, you know, take all the, they work with companies in clothing. So they, they keep all of the apparel clothing out of the landfill, which is amazing. They, yeah. they but it's all new, not used items, which is amazing. Wow. Anyway, so they were on board and they support it. They encourage it. They think it's amazing. They love the quality. They love the whole mission behind it. They, you know, it was a, a partnership, you know, a perfect partnership because mm. they had no 
already established all the communities that needed it, which was yeah. great. Because for yeah. us, that's what we need. We need a, you know, we need a, a qualified charity that is tapped into that already so that we, you know, the soap gets to where it needs to go. And we're yeah. going to on soap, you know, we're, you know, with some other items as well, like deodorant and, and different things. Sure. But we feel that soap is the, the biggest need right now. Yeah. But we'll move on from there as well. Incredible. What excites or inspires you the most about the work you're doing with Empathy Brand Incorporated? Taking care of our communities. That's really it. Being creative, Mm -hmm. creating products. And then, you know, the result of that is, you know, making these amazing products accessible for people to buy that allow people to give back. So there's, there's a million brands in this space. And I strongly encourage people to, you know, invest in a brand that is giving back because more and more brands are doing that now. And it's kind of a brand responsibility, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. If you're selling something, I I personally feel that, you know, it's part of your role to take care of something beyond that. So it's, you know, it's really the, the opportunity to give back and ourselves personally, and also giving people the opportunity to engage in that and be part of that. Because a lot of people are like, how can I help? What can I do? You know, I just, a lot of people just don't want to give money because they want to see a tangible product. Yeah. See it actually the impact that they're making. So that's another reason why we decided to do product as opposed to money, because you know, we wanted to produce the product and make sure that the quality is there and let people experience that of, you know, that actual tangible gift that they're involved in, in taking sure. care of communities. Yeah, that was a big part of it. I love that. Deidre, to date, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win? I would have to say it, it's not a specific thing. It's knowing my balance formula. So I found what makes me tick. I found what gives me that food, that soul food that I need every day to be the best version of myself. So that in order to have that, I can accelerate in all other avenues of my life. So I feel like that's my biggest accomplishment. Yeah. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I would say my mindset and positivity. I think that's, I don't even look at the glass half full. I look at the glass overflowing. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm a bit, not naive, but I I really, that's how I look at things. And of course I have bad days, but it's, you know, you go into things with the right mindset. I think that's three quarters of the battle right there. Oh, for sure. I would agree with that. Mindset is the key to everything. It's not easy wrapping your head around that and getting into the right mindset. But once you do, your whole universe opens up. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And there's, there's always, I feel there's a little formula for every single person, right? And it's different. Yeah. You know, there was a book that was written that said, here's how to get the ideal mindset. I mean, (laughs) masters, but it's like, we all have our little DNAs and our little, you know, we have to figure that out. And I think the sooner you figure that out, that's what I'm trying to teach my daughter who is going to be 18 in the summer. Uh The sooner she figures that out the better her life is going to be, you know, she's still going to have, you know, difficult days and and whatnot. But at the end of the day, if you can figure out how to best equip yourself with the best mindset possible, you know, there, there you are. These are limitless for sure. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you? I immediately think of happiness. Okay. Yeah. 
What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? It's funny. I have this on a sticky note at my desk. Don't worry about things you cannot control. We all very often fall <laughs> into that trap and get sucked down that rabbit hole. And it, it serves nobody, especially not yourself. Yeah. You know, on a daily basis, you yeah. know, I, one time I actually made a note of the things I worried about that I couldn't control. Uh-huh. And it's, it's crazy the amount of times, the amount of things. So it's like, if you do that exercise for a week and you realize the things you worry about that you, it doesn't matter if you were who you were, it yeah. would have no impact on the outcome. So it's like, it's an ongoing exercise every day. That's why I have it on a sticky note at my desk at all times. It's funny because if I do, if I, if I have a heavy heart or I worry about something, I'm like, can I actually change this? Yes or no? <laughs> yeah. Worrying is a completely useless emotion. You can't, especially when it's about stuff that you can't, you have no yes. control over. Totally. Yep. I totally agree. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? What was your life like after learning it? I would have to say to let go of expectations. So, you know, growing up, I didn't really realize that you just get into this pattern of having an expectation of people. So whether it's your family or your best friend or your teacher or whoever you kind of interact with, you have a certain level of expectation. And you know, if you're fortunate, most of those people, you know, will basically give you what you need. But really, the biggest lesson I learned is if you can let go of all your expectation, and do not expect anything from anybody, then if they do impact your life in a great way, it's a gift. Because what happens is that you set yourself up for disappointment is what I found when I went through that entire, you know, kind of life changing situation that I was talking about earlier, it really taught me that you know what, I got to let go of expectations, because you just think yeah. you let your mind go, oh, I, I expected more for this person. Why didn't this person call me and check in on me? Or why didn't, you know, this, that, whatever, yeah. or, you know, I expected more from my lawyer or whatever the situation yeah. is. Right? Yeah. It's like your mind goes to these places. And then you're constantly set up for failure and disappointment. And it's and it's a horrible feeling to feel that right. And it half the time, these people don't even know what your expectation is either. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. So if you know, the time when I came to that realization, I was like, I have to let go even for my husband, like, it's a practice too, because you know, you expect certain things from your closest loved ones, right? But it's it's a bad habit to get into. And if you can just, you know, that when they do surprise you and support you and do the things that you want them to do, it's nice. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that would be probably the most important thing that I've learned, or one of them. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Having impact. So it could mean anything. It could be, you know, mentoring somebody that's coming into media. It could be, you know, having an impact on my daughter's day, starting her day off, you know, best day possible. It could be anything, but having impact on somebody. Yeah. On another human being, there's no feeling like that in the world. It's incredible. Totally. It is so fulfilling and so rewarding. Absolutely. What does the word empowerment mean to you, Deidre? So it's kind of similar to the last question, but, you know, I thought about it. Like, what is my definition of empowerment? And it's having a positive effect on others. So it's lifting others. It's somehow impacting people positively. Like it's, if I feel empowered that's when I feel empowered is when, when I'm resonating with people, when I'm affecting people, when I'm, I'm helping people, it could be something little or big. Yeah. What would you say is one of your favorite quotes? Oh, this is like such an old one and such a cliche, but it's like so important for me. 
don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. I love that one. It's brilliant. Like it's it just so simple, but brilliant. So that, that again, I think that also ties in with the worry emotion. Yes. Yes. That's kind of what I sweat the small. There's nothing you can do about it. So why yeah. waste your energy and your time? Yeah, it's true. It's useless. Yeah. Okay. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions will just be one, two, three word answer type thing. Okay. Sure. How would you describe yourself in one word, Deidre? A dreamer. What was your dream job as a child? So it was either a broadcast journalist okay. or a fashion designer. Okay. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Money or fame? Money. What is your favorite stress-reducing activity? So I have two, depending on, okay. on what I need, but it's either meditation stillness or exercise. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? To be kind. What is one of your favorite entrepreneurial books? The Four Hour Work Week. Tim Ferriss. Yep. <laughs> Brilliant. So many great nuggets in that book. Yeah. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Time and health. Sorry, that was two. Yes, for That's one. Okay. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> if you had to choose between the two, though, I would say time. Okay. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? Less hate and judgment. And more love and support. Mom life is? Wild. <laughs> the last book or podcast I listened to or read was? Podcast on Purpose with Jane Shetty. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. If you could sit down and have a one hour conversation with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be and why? I would have to say it would be my mom's mom. She passed away when I was quite young. And... She had such a huge impact on me for the few years that, that I was around her. And because my mom is, is my superhero and I have such an amazing relationship with my mom, I would love to talk to her mom and just, just have a conversation. I mean, things are so different, but I think of her often and she yeah. wasn't in my life long. And I would just love to sit and have a tea with her. Beautiful. What's the most recent investment you've made in yourself? So I'm a self-improvement junkie. Most recently, I enrolled, I don't know if you're familiar with Brendan Burchard. I've heard but, the name, yeah. Yeah, so he's, he wrote the book, High Performance Habits, but he does uh, this growth day and it's an annual thing and it's a couple times a week and it's live, meaning virtual. And it's just a bunch of mentors and amazing people that kind of help you as a person, mindset, finance, all sorts of stuff rolled into one. So that's the most recent thing I did along with the high performance planner, which, yeah. is, which is brilliant. Who do you turn to when you feel stuck? You know, I would have to say that if I'm stuck, I go to myself first. Mm -hmm. That's not the end, but I start with myself to, yeah. to really understand, you know, what is it that I'm stuck with or what am I feeling? Or, or I try to really understand where I'm at with that, with that thought or that, or that situation. And then I tap into, you know, the person, you know, in my world, in my village that particular to that situation. I do obviously talk to my husband a lot, but yeah. uh, it really depends on the situation, but I try to really, you know, dive deep within myself to understand why I'm stuck because so many people do things differently and it's great to have that perspective and that advice. But I think that if you understand the more you understand about yourself and what you need and you articulate that, the better somebody can help you. Very true. Yeah. 
What's your personal motto? I have to say, go for it. Don't overthink anything. <laughs> I am a classic overthinker, so. Yeah, I know. It's it's hard. <laughs> it is. It's very hard. What's the worst thing that can happen? True, true. But you're right. It, it, it's hard to get out of that overthinking and, and just, but you do, you got to, you got to just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to just pull the trigger fast. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cause if you spend too much time thinking about it, you won't do it. It's true. Yep. Absolutely. If you could set up a billboard anywhere, where would you put it and what would it say? I would put this on every interstate in the entire world and it would say happiness is an inside job. I love that. Very true. So much truth there. Yeah, right. That's the thing, though. A lot of people have a hard time doing the inner work. They don't want to look inside. Right. This goes back to advertising, but there's so much messaging on what you need and it's all material, right? So it's like you just, oh, I want this or I want that. Or if I get this, I'm just going to be happy. Or if I can retire here, I'm going to be happy. Or da 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 da. -da. Yeah. None of that stuff is going to make you happy. Like some of the, the most successful people are miserable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What do you think the most common reason is for people failing or giving up? It's funny because I've read a lot of books on this and I would have to say, I think it comes down to confidence. So you get inside your head and lack of persistence. It's very easy to say, oh, you know, why would somebody buy this for me? Or why is somebody going to listen to what I have to say? Or you get inside your head. So it's like that you know, you're confident one day and then the next day, one little thing happened that kind of knocks you off your rock and you're like, oh, well, I shouldn't be doing this anyway. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Self-limiting belief is a horrible thing. Yes. Yes. Horrible. And it's hard to overcome that. And again, that goes back to mindset. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's one big circle. It is. It's crazy. It, It truly is. If you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you? You know what? Your questions were like, you're very good at what you do and feel like there was a great like personal work, like there was a great assortment. The only thing you didn't touch on, mm-hmm. um, and maybe you do in, in some, is fear. Okay. Yeah. So that's really the only thing that I would probably bring up. And even then, it's like fear is kind of like, it's a negative thing, but it's also a very valid, uh, can rule your life and it can, it can you know, really have an impact on your decisions. So how do you deal with fear, Deidre? Yeah, it's it's funny because it's it's a process. I mean, I have to really dissect it mm-hmm. and understand why I'm fearful for something. So whether it's, you know, getting sick or whether it's not living my dream or, you know, not being able to travel again because of COVID, like all these little, you know, little things, which are big things, I have to really understand it and do what I can that day to to alleviate that. Yeah. But it's fears. Yeah, fears. Are, fears a crazy thing. I've had to work a lot on fear. Like just you know, and that's another thing why it goes back to which I say, just go for it. Don't overthink because fear just sets in. It's like, oh my god. Well, you know, if I jump off that cliff, what if I hit a rock? Or what if this? Or what if that? Or da 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 da. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think it's good to have a little bit of fear because it keeps you. I think it keeps you level, keeps you on your toes, and yeah, that's true. It, it keeps you grounded to some degree. I mean, it's like nervousness. Yeah, it, it's good to be nervous. Nervous and have that nervous energy and have a little bit of fear because it keeps you from getting too cocky, I think. It's true. Yeah. But it can go the total opposite and just paralyze you too. Yeah, exactly. No, you're right. Absolutely. It's, it makes you very vulnerable, right? If you can yeah. talk about your fears 
it's it makes you very vulnerable. And a lot of people can't talk about their fears because either they're embarrassed or they're crippled by their fear and they can't even yeah. talk about it. So it's you're right. It, there's pros and cons to it for sure. Sure. What was a turning point in your life and how did it affect you? There's been a few, but I would have to say the biggest turning point in my life was becoming a mother. And how it affected me is, you know, it was no longer... You know, you're no, I don't want to say you're selfish because people that don't have kids certainly um, are not, but it's, it's in your world. It's like a whole new world opens and you, you do things, your heart explodes and every emotion, you know, you're trying to be the best mother you can be. You're trying to make the best decisions. You're trying, like, it's, I would have to say that that was the biggest turning point for both good yeah. And being exposed to like, oh my God, what look, these things can happen. Like for, you know, I, I mentioned that my daughter's a teen. So it's like, you know, <laughs> you don't hear from her or y- your mind goes to these crazy places. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and it's like, yeah. So it's like, you're getting to know yourself in that level as well, because, or they test you to the limits or they give you something <laughs> that's, you know, so yeah. rewarding that, you know, it's, you can't even put it into words. So it's like this mix of emotion, this journey that is just like unbelievable. Like it's, it's wild how I described it before. Like, you know, so I would think that that would be the biggest thing, you know, because it kind of affects as soon as you have a child, it's that day, it impacts you for the rest of your life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? I would say always take the high road. Yeah. So that could be in any situation. It could be, you know, since you're young, you know, you try to prove your, prove your point or get upset if you're in a drive through and you get the wrong order or whatever, (laughs) like silly little things. Right. But at the end of the day, just take the high road always like don't engage in negativity. Just, you know, give love or, or don't, you know, it's just like when you're out of choice to react, because we have many times a day that we're in a position where we can react either good or bad, positive, negative. Yeah. And, you know, I think that if I knew that at a very young age, I probably could have helped, you know, helped other people feel a little bit better. And also, you know, just let go of any of that stuff that you feel like you need to prove, like you don't really need to prove your point. You say your opinion and you move on. Right. But you have to kind of learn that. Yes, for sure. For sure. Lastly, Deidre, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Yeah, this is an interesting one. It would be something like this. So less judgment and more empathy We've just been through like a global pandemic. Let's help each other heal and let's build each other up. Let's listen to each other's needs. Let's be compassionate and understanding. Beautiful. I love it. Deidre, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share your story and your journey with us. I am so amazed at your strength and and what you're doing with your, your business. And I think it's incredible. It's so selfless and beautiful, the work you're doing. Just keep on doing what you're doing. And I'm sure it will blow up to exactly what you want it to be. I think it's an amazing work. So thank you. Thank you so much. And welcome to the Empowerography community. It's an honor and a pleasure to have you here. And I just thank you for taking the time to chat. It's been absolutely a wonderful chat. Yes, I agree. Thank you. I love being in this community. And thank you again for all you do. And thank you for having me. My honor and my pleasure. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Deidre Marinelli. 
She works at a fashion magazine and is also the co-founder of Empathy Brand Incorporated. Thanks so much, Deidre. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thanks, Brad. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.